0: So Jesus says that salt is good. What kind of salt is Jesus talking about? Is he talking about regular table salt? Is he talking about granular sea salt? Is he talking about pink Himalayan salt? (laughs) What kind of salt is Jesus talking about? Maybe he's talking about salt and vinegar chips. Maybe he's talking about barbecue chips. Lots of salt on those bad boys. That's why we have lightly salted, salted chips. Salt is good. What's Jesus talking about? Let's find out. So I'm quoting from the extended version of today's gospel. Remember what I said a few times before? Always read a few verses before, a few verses after make sure you include the kind of skipped over verses well today i want to begin by reflecting on the last two verses of mark's gospel chapter 9 so we're looking at verse 48 and 50 so get your bibles out here in the meantime let me show you what i have here today this is from my good friend father day Bergeron. Seem to mention him most times when I'm making these productions. He has this little thing here as you put the coffee, uh, the boiling water, and the coffee in it, and then you have this spoon filter thing. And you basically wow, you just kind of sip the coffee through this spoon filter thing, and there you go. There you go. That's lovely. There you go. Got my hoodie on today because the weather here in Canada is turning rather. Autumnal. I heard that word mentioned watching a soccer game from England this past week. Autumnal. There we go. So, verses 49 to 50 of Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, not included in today's Gospel for Sunday. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Fire can both destroy and purify. Fire can be punishment, but it can also be sacrifice. And salt can both enhance flavor and can also preserve food. It can become insipid, that is, it loses its saltiness, that's what Jesus spoke about here in the gospel. And it can also be corrosive. Think of the road salt that we are soon going to be using here in Canada. Hate to say it, but it has a corrosive effect on our cars if we don't wash it off. And the church is meant to have the aroma of the Holy Spirit. I did a baptism last Sunday, and I allowed the parents, the godparents, to get a good smell of the oil of chrism. It's a very powerful oil that has balm added into it. And really, the the aroma of the Holy Spirit, the aroma of that chrism oil is meant to permeate our lives and the life of the Church. I see kind of tongue-in-cheek. Unfortunately, because of the circumstances we're living in, the dominant aroma of most parish churches seems to be that of hand sanitizer. But we are meant to smell like the Holy Spirit. And the church needs a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit more than ever before because of these trying, difficult times. And that fire of the Holy Spirit combined with salt that Jesus talks about in today's gospel, it purifies, it preserves, and it enhances flavor. So there you go. How smooth is that, right? Just got my three points just kind of smoothed right in there. Point number one, it purifies. Point number two, it preserves. And the third point is that it adds flavor. So let's take a look at each of those one at a time. So first of all, salt purifies and fire purifies. To be a disciple requires that we make a choice, a decision, a daily choice, an hourly choice to live our lives keeping our focus on eternal life. Am I living my life focused on where I eventually am going to go? Because the life that I live here now is going to pass away very, very quickly. Eternal life is not something that I earn, something that I buy, something I deserve. It's a gift. And I spoke about that in previous episodes. Accepting the gift that the Lord offers to you and to me of eternal life with himself. And Jesus is using in today's gospel hyperbole. An extreme statement to make a point he talks about how if an eye or a foot or a hand causes us to stumble to sin we cut it off we tear it out now the vast majority of us have two hands two eyes and two feet so the point that jesus is making is that the use of our hands eyes and feet requires a choice. The Lord says, if your hand, if your foot, if your eye (singular) causes you to stumble, that means a choice has been made. And the danger here is that we fall into scandal. Now, scandal can be external, how our behaviors influence others, but also internal the internal scandal and the catechism of the catholic church this is number 2326 says that scandal is a grave offense when the deed or omission is deliberately done and leads others to sin gravely so the deed the omission the commission that is committed by one of our eyes leads the other eye to engage in the same behavior, or the other foot, or the other hand. That's the scandal. Both hands, both feet, both eyes stumble. And our choices have eternal consequences for the whole body. It's not like at my judgment, okay, my hand sinned, so I'm going to cut this hand off, this hand goes to hell, but this hand gets to go to heaven. No, the whole thing goes, because the scandal has been caused by the one hand, the one eye, The one foot leading the other eye, the other hand, the other foot uh, to fall into sin. Our our choices have consequences in eternal life. And the punishment that Jesus talks about, this millstone thrown around the neck of a person who's thrown into the sea, that's not hyperbole. This is really good. That's not hyperbole. This is a really good way to to enjoy coffee. Um, The the punishment of having a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea was an actual punishment used by the Romans and feared by the Jews. And so when Jesus mentioned that to his audience, they would have known exactly what he was talking about. And they would have shuddered realizing the consequences of their actions vis-a-vis eternal life and our actions vis-a-vis eternal life. Am I keeping my eyes fixed on eternal life? The fire... The salt of the Holy Spirit purifies us. The second thing is that this fire and salt of the Holy Spirit preserves us. The letter of James that we have for the second reading of Mass here today says, Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have rusted, and their rust will be evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. So whoa, that's that's pretty dramatic, right? To meditate upon that reality. When I meditated on that, the, the image that came to me was that of Amelia Havisham, one of the characters in Charles Dickens' book Great Expectations. She was a wealthy spinster, jilted at the altar, and she lived the rest of her life wearing her wedding dress in a ruined mansion that was falling around her, decrepit, surrounded by the trappings of the wedding banquet that never happened. So the food, the cloth, everything just falling into disrepair and, and rot. All the clocks in the house were stopped as a way for her just to freezing time. She was not going to accept the reality that people, places, and things move on. She was never going to get married. And she lived in this decrepit way. And in comes Pip. Pip, who's looking for a sponsor. He thought that maybe, you know, she'd be the means by which he would gain a status and influence and power and position and, and prestige But he was entering into this this rotten situation. He was hoping to impress Estelle, uh, Amelia's stepdaughter. So Charles Dickens has this very powerful way through this book of reminding us that, you know what, like all this stuff is just kind of rotting and and deteriorating and, and crumbling all around us if we're trying to live in this kind of stopped, time-warp kind of crazy thing going on, right? So where where is the preservation? It's all rotting around them. And so the message for you and for me, I believe the Lord has for us, is that the, the salt of the world, this ambition and pride and vanity and social status, ultimately corrodes. But the salt and the fire of the Holy Spirit is what preserves us for eternal life. So can I recognize any way in my life that I am putting my trust, my confidence in something, a person or a place or a thing that is, 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 is not bringing me any closer to eternal life? And do I recognize the rot and the deterioration around me? Now, I don't don't mean to sound kind of like a like a real bummer here, like kind of like that's that's not very nice to meditate upon. Well, it's it's the reality, right? The Lord doesn't just present us with the nice rosy things of life. He presents us with situations, but he's always there with us in the midst of them. He doesn't rub our faces in it and say, Too bad, so sad, I'm God, you're not. See you later. He is there with us in the midst of that, and he wants us to see it not to live in guilt, or shame, or remorse, or hopelessness, but say, you know what? Hey Lord, you are my hope. You are the one who breathes life into me. It's you, Jesus, that I want. Yes, I've been blessed with gifts and talents and people, etc., in my life, and I appreciate all that and accept that and and I'm grateful for that. But ultimately, again, Lord, I need you. And I want to spend eternal life with you. So begin your work of purification and preservation now in my life today. And the third and final part of this salt and and fire of the Holy Spirit is that it gives flavor. Now, flavor is a unique thing. Flavor is... Well, unique to the person, right? I enjoy nice, strong coffee. You may not enjoy nice, strong coffee. I enjoy all things having to do with dark chocolate, but I don't appreciate or enjoy flavored coffees. I don't like things too salty, but yet again, I like salted caramel. I like the flavor of avocados, but I don't, Particularly like the flavor of liver. Maybe you can identify with that. But the point is that the Holy Spirit, He flavors where and how He wills. Interesting in our readings today. The first reading from the book of Numbers. The Lord came down in the cloud. I'm going to read it. I'll read it. I'm not going to try to pretend I memorized it here. Numbers, a verse, a chapter 11, verse 25. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay. The Lord came down in the cloud, took some of the spirit that was on Moses, and put it on the 70 elders. And in the gospel today, the disciples say to Jesus. We saw someone casting out demons in your name. So the Holy Spirit is moving as he wills, as he wishes, as he desires, in ways that are often beyond our comprehension, that don't fit into our categories, that don't behave or do as we would want them to do. Remember, he's God, I'm not. That helps me sleep at night. And if we forget this, then I think we we run the danger of thinking that everything or everyone needs to conform and behave the way we want them to behave and act in our own determined way, which is all about our own pride, all about our own ego. We're trying to keep God in a box or the Holy Spirit in a cage. Open the cage door, let the Holy Spirit flow and and do as he desires to do. Because again, ultimately, it's for our good. It may not be what we want, but it is what we need. It may not be in a way that's fully understandable at the time, but ultimately at the end we come to see, Lord, you have been at work. You are really, truly God, and you are truly working for my good. What does Moses say? Would that all God's people were prophets. The Lord wants all of us to be prophets, that is, prophetic witnesses to His power and His grace with those whom we meet. We can meet people and not really have to say too much. They can testify to the fact that there's something different about her, something different about Him. How can we prophesy about what the Lord is indeed doing in our life? And then Jesus Himself says to the disciples, Whoever is not against us is for us. And the Lord doesn't say, whoever is not against you is for you. It's us. That Jesus so closely aligns himself with us, reminding us that we are part of his body. He is truly with us at all times. And as we are affected, so is he. As he is affected, so am I. So the Lord is indeed with us. So, What do we say in response to this particular word, which is unique, by the way? When I first started out meditating upon these scripture readings, I thought, oh, Lord, like, what do you want me to say, you know? But the Lord comes through in the end, makes you sweat, but he does come through in the end because he indeed is the Lord. So what do we say in response to this? Pass the salt (laughs) and Lord Jesus just set me on fire. Set me on fire. And salt and fire, the two of them combined, are part of a sacrifice. In the time of Jesus, animals that were to be sacrificed later on were salted and placed on the fire. So the question is, what am I willing to sacrifice to avoid sin? Recognizing the fact that it does have eternal consequences for my life causing scandal without that is towards others causing scandal within that the whole body is susceptible to corruption but the lord wants to preserve us with the salt and the fire of his holy spirit lord jesus whatever in me is not of you whatever in me That is leading me to sin. I give you permission right now to burn that away. That may not be an easy process. It may be a very difficult one. But again, what are the eternal consequences to my behaviors? And asking myself, well, have I lost my saltiness? Am I becoming in the spiritual life insipid? That is losing taste losing enthusiasm for the gospel, losing enthusiasm for the particular mission the Lord has entrusted me with, losing an enthusiasm or fire to grow in a holiness and recognizing the fact that, you know what, I'm just not as effective as I used to be for the Lord. So today's message is one of hope, is one of encouragement and is one of the continued love of Jesus. Pass the salt, (laughs) Jesus, and set me on fire. So let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we just do come before you again, always reminding ourselves, Lord, of just how much you do love us. If we have forgotten that clear message, Lord, help us to remember it anew. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the salt and the fire of your Holy Spirit, that you want to be the Lord of our life and want to surrender ourselves to you, Jesus, and set us free, Lord Jesus. Just continue your work, Lord Jesus, of purifying us, we repent, Lord Jesus, of all sin in our life. We want to turn away from it, Lord Jesus, any ways in which our hands, our eyes, our feet, our whole body, Lord Jesus, has prone to sin. Anything is not of you. Jesus, just help us. Jesus, we need your grace. Jesus, thank you in advance, Lord, for your forgiveness, which you so readily give to us. Lord Jesus, we pray also that you would preserve us, Lord. Preserve us and protect us from any ways in which the world, the flesh, the devil, Lord, is just pulling us closer to themselves. We want to just resist that pull, Lord. But again, we need your grace. Without you, Lord, we can do nothing. But with you, Lord, all things are possible. And so continue your work of preservation, Lord Jesus. Help us keep our eyes fixed on eternal life, Jesus. And Lord Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just flavor our work and our words, and our life. Lord Jesus, we pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Those of us who are losing enthusiasm, living in discouragement, may become despondent, Lord, insipid, losing our taste, losing our flavor, Lord Jesus, for the gospel, the mission, the the beauty of life in you, Lord Jesus. You know, Lord, you know all the circumstances under which we are living, Lord, Continue to pray, Lord, for that one person listening here today who's really struggling with what's going on in the world today, that you would, Lord Jesus, just give them a double portion of your spirit, Lord, to breathe new life into them, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Jesus, for what you want to do in our life, even before we know what it is. St. Joseph, uh, Blessed Mary... Your Giorgio Frassati, St. Therese, our own patron saints, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. Another little episode here. Enjoy my coffee. This is really cool. Remember, when we're powerless, that's when we're strong. And victory is indeed gained through surrender. Bye-bye. <laughs> the salt wah